25. Exodus 25. We're going to start there. Um, we've been talking about the furniture in uh, the tabernacle there. And uh, we talked last week about the brazen altar inside the fence or inside, outside of the tabernacle. And uh, inside the fence there, if you will. And uh, then we, we talked about the brazen altar, which is a picture of Calvary. And speaks of Calvary there. And then you get to the labor, and the labor set right in front of, uh, right in front of the door that would go into the holy place, which was the tabernacle. Well, in the tabernacle there, before we get into the tabernacle, we have the labor, and that labor was to a, a place to represent our washing of the hands, our sanctification that takes place. When I get saved, I, all I need is Calvary. But then when I get saved, then I need to wash and cleanse and make myself sanctified towards the Lord. And so tonight we're going to look at number three, which is the table of the showbread. And the table of the showbread, you will see that it goes into the holy place. And what we would call the holy place is inside the tabernacle. Inside the tabernacle, there are four pieces of furniture that are inside the tabernacle. Three of them are in the holy place, and one of them is in the most holy place, or what you'd call the holy of holies. So let's look at, we're going to try to get through and look at the three that are in the holy place tonight. So we've got our Bibles open to, to Exodus 25, and in verse number 23. The Bible says, Thou shalt make a table of shittim wood. Two cubits shalt be the length thereof, and a cubit and a breadth thereof, and a cubit and a half and a, the height thereof. And thou shalt overlay it with pure gold and make thereto a crown of gold round about. Verse number 30, which is not on the paper, but you'll find it there in Exodus 25. And thou shalt set them upon the table of showbread before me always. But you'll see in these other verses, in verse number 29, he talks about dishes that were to be made, spoons that were to be made, bowls that were to be made, and all of them were to be layered with pure gold. So as we look at this tonight, we're looking at the table of showbread. Here as you enter into the holy place or into the tabernacle, this table of showbread set there as you entered in, on the right side. So here it is on the right side you enter in, and there's this table of showbread. What was on the table of showbread? What was the table of showbread for? The table of showbread was three feet long, 18 inches wide, and 18 inches high, so it wasn't a big table. It was just a little table there laying there. Now you say, what was the what was the what was the purpose of this showbread, of this table of showbread? Leviticus chapter 24 tells us. 
He tells us in verse number five. He said, and thou shalt take fine flour and bake twelve cakes thereof. Two tenths deals shall be in one cake. And thou shalt set them in two rows, six on a row, upon the pure table before the Lord. And thou shalt put pure frankincense upon each row, that it may be on the bread for memorial, even an offering made by fire unto the Lord. Every Sabbath, every Sabbath he shall set it in order before the Lord continually, being taken from the children of Israel by an everlasting covenant, and it shall be Aaron's and his sons, and they shall eat it in the holy place, for it is the most holy unto him of the offerings of the Lord, made by fire, by a perpetual statute. So, okay, so picture this with me as you enter into the table, or you enter into the tabernacle, here it is, you've entered in, and here's the table of showbread. And on this table of showbread is 12 loaves of bread, divided into rows of six. Not only are there 12 loaves of bread, but there's also frankincense on it, that it's a sacrifice offering to the Lord. So what does this represent? What do the 12 represent? What do you think the 12 would represent? Being the 12 loaves of bread and 12 what? 12 uh, tribes uh, of apostles. 12 tribes 12 of Israel. Tribes. 12 tribes of Israel. Because if you go back, we're talking about the Old Testament. We're talking about Moses. We're talking about that time period. So this was to represent the 12 tribes of Israel. And this, this table of showbread, the bread that was on this table, were for the, the priest, Aaron, and his sons to eat while they were in the holy place. And so it was prepared for them as they went into the holy place that they could have something to eat while they were in there. It being the, uh, being the, uh, the table of showbread, being that, being the food, being the bread, what does the Bible say that God is? Or Jesus is? Jesus is the what? The, I'm the, the bread of life. And so here he is, the bread of life, the word of God. And the Bible says that, that uh, man shall live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So here we are, this table of showbread, representing the 12 tribes of Israel, the word of God, Jesus or God, being the substance are being the sustenance for the, the children of Israel or the Levites as they were in the holy place. Now, if you'll notice that this, this took place inside the tabernacle. Outside of the tabernacle was the, was the brazen altar where the sacrifices were made. Outside of the, outside of the tabernacle was the Calvary, what we'd look at Calvary. And outside of the tabernacle was the sanctification that took place. But what took place on the inside of the tabernacle was the word of God and the bread of life. And that, that those table, that table of showbread, us to grow closer to God and get closer to the word of God. You know, is that not true in our lives? That where does that take place? Where does reading God's word and getting closer to God's word take place at? Out in the open? In front of a bunch of people? Where do you get your where do you get your study? Where do you learn from? Where do you learn your Bible at? 
A lot of times it's where? In your home. In your in your private or your time of care. Your personal time with God. Your uh, quiet time. That's what the word I was searching for. Your quiet time with God. That's when God speaks to you. When you get the word of God. Should we allow the word of God to speak to us? Should we allow the word of God to be our meat? To be what we need to eat? To, to fulfill our desire to eat? I mean, they weren't going in there to, to, to eat. But that was enough to sustain them while they were in the holy place. Any questions or comments? About the holy play, about about the about the table of showbread, it's pretty interesting. There are twelve loaves. Christ being called the bread of life. Amen. All right. Any any thoughts or questions tonight? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> you don't have a paper. Well, I have this. I don't know if this will help. I I didn't realize I was out, Miss Vernella. I'm sorry. But as you look at this, you go into the tabernacle, you see this table of showbread, and then what else do you see? Number number four. Number four, unless anybody has any questions. Okay. Number four is the altar of incense inside the holy place. Exodus chapter 30. Go forward a couple chapters. The Bible says in Exodus chapter number 30 and verse number one, he said, and thou shalt make an altar to burn incense upon of shit of wood, shalt thou make it. A cubit shall be the length thereof and a cubit, uh, the breadth thereof, four square shall it be, and two cubits shall be the height thereof, the horns thereof shall be of the same. And thou shalt overlay it with pure gold, the top thereof, and the sides thereof, round about, and the horns thereof, thou shalt make unto it a crown of gold round about. Now again, you'll notice in the verse number four as it continues to read, the rings that would go on this item, the rings that would go on every item so that they could pick, they put the staves in it and be able to carry it on to the next. So this altar of incense, and in, uh, in, in, uh, you say it's 18 inches square, 18 inches square, two feet high. And it was to have this altar of incense, this incense burning. Uh, in verse number 7, And Aaron shall burn thereon sweet incense every morning. When he dresseth the lamps, he shall burn incense upon it. Now, question I have. What was the purpose of this? What was the purpose of this incense? This incense was uh, was <clears throat> to represent the altar of incense. Look in verse number eight. He says in in, in in Exodus chapter thirty, verse number eight. And when 
Aaron lighteth the lamps, and even he shall burn incense upon it, a perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generations. He told him, he told uh, the Levites here, he told Moses, he said, this altar of incense, this burning of incense, is to be burnt forever. You burn it as a perpetual incense to God. This is what you are to do. This is what you are, uh, we are supposed to do. It is a, it is a incense unto God. Uh, something that is to represent who we are. Uh, represent what we do. The Bible says in Psalms chapter number 141, Psalms 141 and verse number 2, the Bible says, Let my prayer be set before thee as an incense, and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. So this incense that was being burnt is a symbol or an idea of my prayer to God. Bible says in Psalms chapter 141, verse number 2, the verse that I just read, that our prayer is sweet incense to God. So this purpose of the altar of incense was to represent our prayer to God. Now, what is, what is so important about that? The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 7 and verse number 25, the Bible says that he, live, he ever liveth to make intercession for us. Who is it that makes intercession for us? Who is it that goes to God on our behalf? Who is it? That's right. Jesus does. And the reason he's able to is because we've been to the brazen altar and we've been to Calvary and we've been sanctified and we've come to a place where we've accepted God's word and we're able to pray at the altar of incense and God takes our prayer and he goes on the behalf of every Christian to God on our behalf. He ever liveth to make intercession for us. And so when we pray, we can go to God anytime, anywhere, any place, and go to God. We don't need to go, and we don't have to go through anybody else to pray to God. And so when he came and he showed them this, this was just an altar of incense, a place for that representation of our prayer to God. Our time with God. Our time with God. Any questions? Any thoughts? Hebrews chapter 9 and verse number 24. The Bible says, For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the fingers of the true, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. What does God do? What does Jesus do on our behalf? He goes to God for us. Amen. Goes to God for us. And, and that's the thing. We don't need to go to a saint to pray. We don't have to pray through anybody else. We need to pray directly to him. And he takes our prayers and he goes to God. Jesus for us. Right. And the Bible says he ever liveth.
to make intercession for us. We need Him. We need His help. We need Him to take our prayers and straighten them out and go to God for us. We do sometimes. I know I do. But it's important that our prayer is a sweet incense to God. Does that make sense? Not a selfish prayer. Not a give me, give me, give me prayer. But a sweet prayer, sweet incense, a sweet smelling savor unto God. And I think many times in our life that our prayer is not that. Our prayers are not that, but they're but we need to, I myself included, is examine how we pray. Examine what we pray. What we pray for. What's the purpose of it? What are we doing? What are we trying to accomplish in our prayer time? Anything else? Any questions? You know, the sweetest time of prayer is when? What's the sweetest time of prayer for you? When it's loud and the TV's on and you got all kinds of background noise? What's the sweetest time for prayer for you? In your quiet place. Every one of us need a quiet place. You know what? Sometimes... I know my wife will probably agree that sometimes it's hard to find a quiet place in our house. <laughs> you got to take every chance you can get when it's quiet. Especially, you know, it's completely different with three kids running around your house than it is not. Because we got to fight for our quiet moments. You know? But even at that, even if I've got three kids running around, I need to fight for my quiet moments. But just because you don't have kids running around, you've got noise. You've got noise of other items. You've got noise of other things going on that would allow you to get in your way of praying. You know? So whatever it is, we need to make sure we shut those off and have our quiet time. You know when it's quiet in my house? When every kid is asleep, when everybody's still asleep in my house. Yeah. It's very hard to get sometimes, though. <laughs> it can be. Especially during the daytime. It is not quiet during the daytime. It's pretty, pretty hard to get. It is not quiet. But that's why it's so important to take advantage of the quiet moments that's to right. pray. And you say, why? Because I need to pray. I need, I need my time with God every day. I do. I do. <laughs> so I can make it through the loud moments. And not just kids either. Just life. Because life will get busy. And you'll forget to pray. And you'll forget to have that quiet time with God. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, and dogs can be loud, too. Kids are a blessing, though. They are. I would trace it for the world. 
wouldn't trade it for the world, but you've got to, no matter what's going on in your life, you've got to make time for that sweet, quiet time with you and God so that you can have communication with Him. Uh, it's very important. Those, those priests got in there, and it was quiet. Can you imagine how quiet it was? They didn't have to worry about the hustle and the bustle that was going around the fence. They didn't have to worry about what was going on over there. They got in that quiet place. They were able to offer that sweet smell of sacrifice, that sweet smell of uh, incense burning as a perpetual burning unto the Lord. Just like now, God, God goes on our behalf to God that he ever liveth to make intercession for us. So what does that mean? That every time I pray... And every time I go to God, guess what? Guess who's sitting there waiting on me? God is, or Jesus is. And so that that He's always doing it. He's always going on the behalf. How many prayers in the world does He hear that He's running back and forth? I mean, not literally running back and forth, because He can hear it when we pray. But think about the work that He does for us on our behalf. But He's always there. There's not a time at 2 o'clock in the morning you lean over and you pray. I mean, look, I've always, I've always felt like this. When I was, if there's ever been a time in my life that God woke me up in the middle of the night, do you know what I do? I pray. And then I'll immediately go to sleep. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how that it is for you. But I know that, that, uh, that when God wakes me up, I feel like there's a reason why I'm awake. I'm not just awake just because I can't sleep. I feel like there's a reason why I need to wake up. Maybe it is because God woke me up to pray. Maybe it is to whatever, you know, but but I feel like at that time, man, that's my time, I can pray, and it's not long, I'm snoring again, my wife's hitting me, yeah, I'm too loud, I'm snoring too loud, but, but, but oh. <laughs> can I get a minute in here, okay, <laughs> but ultimately, ultimately, we've got to, we've got to make sure that we pray, and have that quiet time with God, and you have to fight for it because it doesn't come easy. Whether you have kids or you don't have kids, it's still a time that you fight. Because I remember way before I was ever married and before and while I was married, before we had kids, there was still time. I, I had to make time for it because if you don't make time for prayer, it's not going to happen. I remember here having a lady tell us at church one time, she said, I ain't got time to pray. You ain't got time to pray. You're too busy if you haven't got time to pray. You can always make time to pray. But you have to make the time to pray. I want you to watch this. In, in Exodus chapter 30, he begins to talk about verse number 8. In verse number 8, he says that he lighted the lamps. But watch in verse number 9. I know that's not on your sheet, but in Exodus chapter 30 and verse number 9, he says, ye shall offer no strange incense thereon. No burnt sacrifice, nor meat offering, neither shall you pour drink offering thereon. And Aaron shall make an atonement unto the horns of it once in a year with the blood of the sin offering of atonement. Once in the year you shall make an atonement upon it throughout your generations. It is most holy upon unto the Lord. He said, don't you make a strange or a strong or a strange incense thereof. This incense that you're burning to God, 
burnt offering. And it's not for the meat offering. And it's not for the drink offering. It is simply the incense to God. And, and, and many times we offer strange incense that ought not be. It is not a sacrificial offering. So this time of prayer, this time of spent with God, shouldn't be a strange incense. No sacrilege. Time spent with God. I know it with the best of intentions. A lot of people uh, use, per se, the Lord's Prayer. And I don't think that it's, I don't think that people are doing it out of a wrong motive. But ultimately, the Bible says not to go to God in vain repetition. And so no matter how I pray, no matter when I pray, I shouldn't approach God with vain repetition. And so whether it is the Lord's Prayer or if it is another prayer that I've read, I shouldn't approach God with the same thing over and over and over again. It's vain to go to God and continue to say the same exact wording every single time. The Bible says not to go to God in vain repetition. Hey, our prayers, every prayer we pray to God ought to be its own prayer. Sure, we can pray for some of the same things. Sure, we can talk to God about those things. But it ought not be the exact same prayer every time we pray to Him. Because it is a sincere uh, incense to God. Not a strange incense. Not an incense that God wouldn't appreciate. Something that we take time to do with God every morning. Does that make sense? And, I, and again, I, I know uh, there are sincere and good people that, that do do that, but they'll try to make it where it's, where it's a, a, a prayer that's uh, individualized, a prayer, I don't even know if I'm making sense or not, but making sure that's a prayer that is from you to God. This is my prayer to God. Any thoughts or questions? So as we enter into the, the, the holy place, and I'm going to be done because I don't have time to get anywhere else. But as we enter into the holy place, we have the word of God, the showbread, the, the table of showbread, the, the bread of life. And then we have the altar of incense, our time and prayer with God. And then we have the candlestick. And then that's what we'll cover next week. The candlestick and then go into the enter into the Holy of Holies where we're talking about the Ark of the Covenant. And so as you look at this, <clears throat> what areas of my life do I need to get closer to the Word of God? Do I need to get uh, with my prayer time with God? My quiet time with God? I need to work for my quiet time with God? And what is it I need to do? What is it I need to improve? My time with God. My time with God. Because both of those, reading, reading God's Word and prayer time are something you have to fight for to do. It's not something you're going to do on purpose. I mean, it's not something you're going to do on accident. It's something you're going to do on purpose. 
Alright, any questions? Any thoughts? You guys are a quiet crowd tonight. <laughs> I thought you, you guys were tired. Explained it all. You guys tired? <laughs> Alright. No questions, no comments. Well, we'll pray. Just examine my time with God. Examine my prayer time. Examine my, my Bible reading. Examine what I do tonight. Lord, I love you. Thank you for tonight. I thank you for allowing us to be together tonight. I pray that you'll bless our time together that we've had. I pray that you'll bless us as we go about our way tonight. Lord, I, I pray that uh, you keep us safe. Pray for our families that are dealing with the virus. Lord, I pray for our church family. Pray for those who will have surgery. And